How many of you think we should do that to Pastor Brent, by the way? Yes. Hey, join me in a word of prayer, you guys. Uh, Father God, uh, boy, good morning. It's good to be together. It's good to be in your presence, Lord. And, uh, you know, we just want to slow down for a moment. We just want to slow down and invite you into this place, uh, into our lives, into this into our hearts, God, and I just ask that you would humbly and audibly, in a way, speak to us this morning. God, teach us new things. Uh, Lord, I know there's a lot going on in this room, people from all walks of life, but I just pray in a, in a way that only you can, you'd speak to us. Lord, we love you, and we're so glad to be here. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus and all God's people said. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, Edinburgh Church. It's good to see you. Welcome. It's great to have you. Thanks for choosing to be here today. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Joshua, one of the pastors on staff here, and uh, just excited to be filling in uh, during this series. Also, just want to say hello to anyone who might be watching this online. If you're joining us today, welcome to you, or hey, perhaps you're watching this at a later time as well, hoping that God will, you will use this message. I also just want to say welcome to if you. If you're a first-time guest with us today, just a special welcome to you. Um, we want you to sit back and relax. We just want you to be yourself and let God soak in. That, that's our goal for you. So just relax. We're not weird people, I can assure you. Well, some of us are, but you know, most of us are pretty normal, so just relax. So we've been in a series called Simplify, Living Life with Room to Breathe. And Pastor Brent just did a fantastic job of kicking off the series two weeks ago. Just gave us some great practical biblical advice for learning how to slow down. And, and do this thing called life. And uh, I've found it really helpful. And if you've missed the last two weeks, can I just encourage you, please go out, watch those messages online, get caught up. I, I guarantee you won't be disappointed. Well, today, I want to talk to you about your calendar, okay? About your schedule and planning your time well. Now, that might not seem like a very spiritual thing to talk about, okay? But I'm convinced it's incredibly important when it comes to simplifying our lives and creating room to breathe, okay? So I just want to open with a story to just kind of paint a canvas here for of what I mean by this, okay? So let me just tell you the story. There was once an old man who lived high above an Austrian village along the eastern slope of the Alps. He had been hired by the village council many years ago to clear away the debris from the pools of water up in the mountain crevices that fed the lovely stream flowing from their, from their village, through, through their village, excuse me. With faithful, silent regularity, he patrolled the hills, removed the leaves and branches, and wiped away the silt that would otherwise choke and contaminate the fresh flow of water. By and by, the village became a popular attraction for visitors. Graceful swans floated along the crystal clear stream. Picnickers gathered along its banks, and the view of the water from local shops and cafes was absolutely picturesque beyond description. Well, years passed, and one evening the council met for its semi-annual meeting. And as they reviewed the budget, <clears throat> they noticed a small amount that was being paid to the keeper of the spring. The village treasurer asked, who is this keeper of the spring? Anyways, why do we keep him on payroll every year? No one ever sees this guy. I mean, have, has, have any of you actually met this man? For all we know, he's simply taking our money and not doing us any good whatsoever. In my opinion, this person is no longer necessary. Well, everyone agreed with the treasurer, and the council voted to dismiss the old man from his job. For several weeks, not much changed. 
The village went about its business as usual. But by autumn, the leaves, uh, the, tr- the trees began to shed their leaves. Okay? Small branches snapped off and fell into the pools that fed the stream, hindering the rushing flow of sparkling water. One afternoon, someone noticed a slight yellowish-brown tint in the water. A couple days later, the water was much darker. Within another week or two, a slimy film covered sections of the water along the banks, and a foul odor was soon detected. The swans left the village, as did the tourists. The economy of the village was in serious peril. Likewise was the health of the village, as many were getting sick from drinking the water. So an emergency meeting of the village council was called, and after much discussion, they realized the error in judgment. They hired back the old keeper of the spring, and and within a few weeks, the beautiful stream came back to life. The swans returned, as did the visitors, and the vitality and the well-being of the village of the Alps was restored. So what's the point? Friends, just like the intentional practices of the keeper of the spring brought life and vitality to that small Austrian village, so I believe in the same way the intentional upkeep and maintenance of our schedules, of our calendars, can bring health and vitality to your lives. I believe this and I'm convinced of this. Why? Because I've lived on both sides and I've seen the benefits of understanding the power of my schedule. I, we hear from people all the time here at Edinburgh that they're completely stressed out due to an overbooked, overscheduled, out-of-control calendar. We're so busy running all over creation, trying to get everything done as fast as we can within the 16, maybe 17 hours that we're awake. And then we hit the pillow, and we lay there and we think, did I get anything done today? And then we think, if only I had a few more hours in my day, right? Does this sound familiar? Friends, you might not think that this is a spiritual matter, okay? But I would disagree. I'm convinced that the thoughtful and careful planning of your schedule is one of the holiest and most wise things you can do. Why? Because it will affect everything in your life. If you're married, it will affect your marriage, If you have kids, it will affect your kids. It will actually affect your physical well-being. It will affect your emotional and mental well-being. And it will most definitely affect your relationship with God. Your schedule is one of the directing factors of your life. We have to give thought to this. I love what it says in Ephesians. It says this in Ephesians 5. And I want to share this verse. I want to break it down a little bit for you. It says this. It says, be very careful then, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is for your life. You know, now there's just some key words that jump out at me that I think I I just want to share with you. It says, it says, be very careful, be careful, give thought to your life, friends, give thought to the direction you're heading. Are you going the direction you want to go with your life? It says, not as unwise, but as wise. Are you making wise choices with your, with your schedule and your calendar? Your calendar. <laughs> I just made up a new word. Are you thinking through those things? Hey, 
Maybe when it comes to wisdom, you need to, you need to ask some trusted friends or family members. Maybe you need to have that heart-to-heart, like, honey, brother, sister, whoever, would you say I'm wise with my calendar? And you need to listen to that counsel. What would they say? Be wise. It says, do not be foolish, but understand. I love that word, understand what the Lord's will is for your life. Bring God into your schedule planning. Pray about decisions that should go onto your calendar. How, how many of us actually do that? If you don't get a clear leading, if you pray about something, you don't get a clear leading, you know what? Maybe you should delay that decision and think about it because maybe God has something else in store or something else he needs to teach you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise. Don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is for your life. Speaking of God's will for your life, I can promise you this. God's will for you is not to be so exhausted and overscheduled that you are stressed out, depleted, worn out, angry, and frustrated at the end of every day. That's not God's will for your life. That's not what he has for you. But I have a feeling that that's where a lot of us are today at the end of our days. That's not what God wants for your life. So what does a Lord's will Look, for our life, look, look like for our lives? I think that's a great question, and I think a great guiding scripture in this is found in 1 Thessalonians. It says, says this in, in 1 Thessalonians 5. This is such a good test. It says this, always be joyful. Can I ask you, how joyful are you? Really, uh, do you enjoy life? Are you joy-filled? Always be joyful. It says, never stop praying. Never stop praying. Let me ask you this. Prayer is a conversation with God. Do you have regular conversation with God? A conversation implies a relationship. Do you have that daily, God, I want you in every part of my life discussion? That's what it means to never stop praying, to invite God into every part of your life and say, God, what, what, what should I do here? What would you have me do? to talk to him openly. Always be joyful, never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances. Friends, listen to me. I know, I know that can be hard sometimes because let's just face it, life can beat us up, right? But is there something even today that you can be thankful for? I mean, <laughs> I'm alive. <laughs> I ate breakfast this morning. There's some people in the world that can't even say that. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. Why? For this is God's will for your life. Friends, you can't be joyful. You can't be in a close relationship with God and thankful when you're constantly fried, burnt out, and stressed out. You just can't. I find it interesting, the psalmist, the author of Psalm 90, was, he was kind of thinking on and reflecting on life and our time here on earth. And he said this in Psalm 90. He said, our days, our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures. Teach us to number our days well that we may grow in wisdom. Now, just for fun, I did the math, okay? Let's just say you're given 80 years of life. Okay, that means you have 29,200 days 
to live on this earth, okay? And that seems like a lot. Now, just for fun, full disclosure, I'm going to show you how old I am. I'm 42 years old, okay? That means, and I did the math, that means I have 13,870 days left to live. Now, some of you are smirking at that, okay? Shame on you. You're just a young thing, right? But I thought about that. I'm like, wait a minute. That means I've lived more days than I have left, that's depressing to me, okay? I'm, I'm a glass half empty kind of guy, okay? You just, you're not helping me with my, my therapy session here. Come on, sure, you know. But just like Psalm 90 pointed out, friends, my days are numbered. Because you know what? It could be even less than I'm thinking. I have so many days to love my wife, to love my kids, to invest in my kids, and maybe someday grandchildren. I have so many days left to leave a mark on this earth for Jesus Christ. By the way, if you are 22 years old, you have 21,170 days left to leave a mark, which sounds like a lot, okay? But just like me, you're going to blink and be like 42 next week, okay? It's just going to happen. And then you're going to stand in front of the mirror and you're going to go, what happened? Where did the time Oh, so for the rest of my time, for the rest of our time, I just want to give you three thoughts on planning your time well, okay? This is important. Number one is this, recognize the power of your schedule. Recognize the power of your schedule. If you're intentional about using your schedule and your calendar for good things, you will grow. Recognize the power of your schedule. Some of you are familiar with the name John Grisham. Okay, probably one of the most popular, prolific authors of our time. Well, what you might not know about John Grisham is that before he was an author, he was an attorney. Okay, and he didn't like his job. I can't say that I blame him. He was a, he was an attorney, and he but he had this desire to be an author. He wanted to write, and so what John Grisham did is he pulled out his schedule and he wrote one word on his schedule every day for sixty minutes, and that word was just write. W-R-I-T-E, just write. And so every day for 60 minutes, he wrote it on his schedule and he wrote one page every day for 60 minutes, which if you do the math, comes out to about a 365-page novel. That is how John Grisham got his start and is now known as one of the most popular authors of our time. He sold over 300 million books. That's pretty impressive. Why? Because he recognized the power of his schedule. I heard a story about uh, this couple after church service that came up to their pastor and uh, just uh, very sorrowful, pulled him aside and said, hey, hey, pastor, we just wanted to talk to you, but we're struggling. We're struggling. He says, you know, we, we don't seem to agree much. We, 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 we seem to fight about a lot of things. And pastor, I, I think... We're, we're, we're just about ready to call it quits. We're just re- about ready to throw it in the towel. I just don't think it's going to work. And the pastor thought for a moment. He says, let me ask you a question. He says, do you guys have your calendar on you? you have your schedule? I'm like, well, yeah. So, of course, they pull out their smartphones, right, because they keep their calendar on the phone. He says, here's what I want you to do. He says, I want you to write one word on your schedule for the next 10 weeks. Just for one hour every week, I want you to write the word Counseling. And they kind of looked at him like, 10 weeks, that's kind of a big commitment. And he said, so is marriage. 
And they said, okay, we're going to do it. And they committed to going to seeing a marriage counselor for 10 weeks. They followed through on that challenge. And 11 weeks went by, and this couple came down front to talk with the pastor. And they pulled him aside and said, Pastor, I just, we just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for challenging us to write that word on our schedules. We believe that uh, God's going to heal this marriage. In fact, Pastor, we're wondering if you would perform our renewal ceremony. By writing one word on their schedules, a marriage was saved. A family was saved. Recognize the power of your schedule. So let me ask you, is there a word that comes to your mind today that maybe you need to write on your schedule? Maybe it just popped in there. Don't, don't ignore that. Maybe for some of us, it's, it's the word exercise. Maybe that's the word we got to commit to and put on our schedules because, you know, my health is deteriorating. Maybe for some of us, can I just be honest? Maybe for some of us, it's church. <laughs> now, that's great that you're here today, but I know there's a lot of people that they just kind of wake up on Sunday morning and they decide to go based on how they feel. I don't, believe that, I don't think that's healthy. I want to challenge you. Make church a priority on your schedule. Write it on there and commit to saying, we're going to go every week. It's important. Friends, something happens when you gather together with other brothers and sisters. God shows up and does stuff. Hey, maybe for some of you, like, like that, that other couple, that cu- this couple I talked about, maybe you have to write the word counselor. Whether you're married or not, doesn't matter. Maybe you need a counselor. Friends, by the way, can I just take, counseling is not a bad thing. Why do we attach a negative stigma to that? I, I've been counseled. You know what my counselor said to me when I was in college? He said, you know what, Josh? 200% of the world's population needs counseling. <laughs> the only difference is those that ask for help and those that don't. Everybody needs help. Maybe that's what you need to write on your calendar. So recognize the power of your schedule. Secondly, identify your top five values. Think about this. What are your top five values? Why? Because your values drive your decisions and what goes on your schedule. Whether you've written them down or not, guess what? You have values. If I spend enough time with you, I could probably figure out what they were. But identify what are your top five values. So just for fun, okay, I, I, I thought I'd share Josh's top, These are my top five values. Don't steal these. Okay, well, you can. I don't care. But these are, these are my top five values. And what I do, and I'm intentional about this, I filter my calendar, what should go on it, based on these top five values. And it helps bring balance and gives margin in my life. So here's my top five. Number one, I want to know and love God. That's number one. I want to be a man that walks with God, that hangs with God, that just, I need you, Lord. I want to know and love God. Number two, I want to have a great marriage. I don't want to just have a good marriage. I want to have a great marriage. And my wife, Christina, had been married for 18 years. I want 18 more. I want to have a healthy, stable family. I have two kids. I want to invest in them. I want them to know they're loved and cherished. And I want to launch them well into adulthood. Four, I want to work hard at my job. I do. I want to have a good work ethic. I want to be known as that guy that says, you can count on this guy to get the job done. And five, I want to be physically active on a regular basis. Now, obviously, some of you 
I figured out that I'm training to become a professional bodybuilder. <laughs> no, that's not true. Biggest lie probably ever told. But, but you know what? I do want to keep this body moving. I want to keep it active. Why? Because this is the vessel that's going to take me 40 more years. So that's a priority for me. Friends, listen to me. If you don't have values as a filter, this is what's going to happen. You'll live your life being reactive to life and work and emails and whatever rather than being proactive. People that live their lives reactive to whatever happens, they don't have margin. They don't have healthy boundaries. Friends, I want for you to be proactive with your lives. That's why, you know, when I think about like my top three, know, I want to know and love God. Friends, I make it a point. Do I do it every day? No, of course not. I miss days. But I want to spend every day I can starting the day in God's Word. So I put it on my calendar. I want to crack open God's Word and I want to spend time reflecting on what He says to me and praying and listening to Him every day. That's how I know and love God. But I got to put that on my schedule. I want to have a great marriage. You have to be intentional, but I have to be intentional about that. I got to put that on my calendar. I have to plan date nights or even just stay home. The kids are in bed. Let's get out a board game, hon. Let's play a game. Connecting with my spouse. I got to plan time to get away with my wife. That's a priority. If you don't schedule it, guess what? Might not happen. You know what? I want to have a healthy, stable family. I'm intentional about I use all my vacation days here, okay? I'm just going to tell you that. I do. Don't look down on me for that. I think that's a good thing. I tell the staff that report to me, I tell them, are you using your vacation? Because if you're not, you better be. You have to. Why? Because it's a chance to get refreshed and you need to spend that time with family. That's important. I don't want you to live your lives reactive. I want you to be proactive. Your values drive your behavior and ultimately how you plan your schedule. You've probably seen this illustration before right? What happens is if we live our lives being reactive, all the stuff in life just starts to fill our tank. It fills our time. And then the things that are our values that matter in life, like spending time with God, spending time with my wife, my kids, working hard at my job, being physically, it's pretty accurate actually, being physically active, you know. But this is a problem because if we're reactive, all the other stuff gets in the way. But if we said, you know what, no, 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 I'm going to identify my top five values and those, those get first dibs. I'm going to know God on a daily basis. I'm going to spend time with him. I'm going to make time for my wife to love her and spend time with her. My kids and their activities are going to be a priority. They're going to know that I'm there for them, that I love them, that I support them. I'm going to work hard at my job. I'm going to have a good work ethic so that I can advance this church. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to commit. It's going on a walk, getting on the elliptical, whatever it takes to stay physically active. And what's amazing to me is that God do you know what God says? He says this in Matthew 6. He says, seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first heavenly priorities, God-centered priorities, okay, and his righteousness. Seek good things. Seek righteousness. Seek right things. Seek the right priorities first. And then what does he say? And everything else will be provided for you. Everything else is going to get taken care of. 
everything else somehow supernaturally fits. If we put our top values first. It just works. God makes it work. That's what I want for you. Friends, what, what, what are some words that maybe need to be your top five values? You know, maybe for, 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 for some of you, a top value has to be sobriety. And you realize, ah, I'm struggling with that. Make that a top value. Say, I'm going to get after that. Maybe for some of you, it's night school. You're not content in the job that you have. You're not happy and you feel like God's given you a dream to do something else. Maybe you need to make that value night school. I'm going to go back and get my education in this. Maybe for some of you, it's eliminating debt. Like you just feel that weight of, of constantly being strapped and, and stressed about money. Like, I don't want to live this way. And so you're going to make a value of eliminating debt. What is it? What do you sense God is whispering to you that should be a value or a top priority right now? Don't ignore that. If you hear a whisper this morning, write that word down. Write that word down and then pray on that this week. So recognize the power of your schedule. Identify your top five values. And third, learn where to cheat. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Learn where to cheat. This, this is not me. This is taught to me by a, a pastor that I highly respect named Andy Stanley. I'm sure a lot of you know that name. But he says, you've got to learn where to cheat. Because you can't do everything. Okay, you can't answer every email. You can't attend every meeting. Okay, you can't go to every birthday party. Okay, you just, you can't do everything. It's not possible. Okay, so you got to cheat somewhere. And if you don't cheat somewhere, guess what? You're going to cheat your top five values. You know, I think a lot of us are tempted to cheat our families thinking, you know what, they'll understand. They'll always be there. So we don't take the time off. We don't go on the vacation. But friends, listen to me. It's going to hurt your family. It is. So just thought, okay, I'll be transparent. I'm just, these are some areas where I cheat. Full disclosure. Again, it doesn't mean you have to steal these ideas, but they work for me. Yard work. I cheat at yard work. I'm not going to lie to you. I live in a neighborhood where the trees are the size of this sanctuary, okay? And they literally drop trillions upon trillions of leaves in the fall right now. I hate it, okay? I'm not kidding. The fall is the busiest season for my family. My, wife, my, uh, my daughter's in marching band, and it's intense, and my, and my son's involved. I would miss all of that because, I kid you not, I would be outside raking leaves every weeknight and every weekend, eight hours a day. I'm not exaggerating. There are so many leaves in my yard. So you know what? I cheat. I hire a company to come suck them up. I do. And I'm being completely, and you know, some of you are judging me for that. But, but you know what? Can I just tell you how freeing it is? How much time that has saved me and my family? I'm serious. I cheat at yard work. I cheat, I cheat at requests for counseling at weddings sometimes. I do. Sometimes I will get asked to counsel or do a wedding. And you know what? Most times I will say no. Because to do those, they, they require a lot of something that I don't have. Time <laughs> and expertise. <laughs> really, do I look like a counselor to you? Of course not. So you know what? 
I help them find someone who's better at it than me. It's true. And I hope you hear my heart. It's not because I don't love them. (laughs) It's not because I don't care for them, but I know the time that it's going to take. I cheat socially in areas, okay? I can't do five lunch meetings or coffee meetings a week. I can't meet with every salesperson who wants to sell me or the church something. I refuse. I refuse to attend more than one evening meeting a week. Because if I do, it takes me away from where I'm needed most, at home with my wife and kids. I just won't, I won't budge there. I'm sorry. I cheat sometimes when it comes to outside speaking or teaching requests. And it's, that's super flattering, you know, when, when some of us on staff get asked, hey, would you speak at this thing? Um, and you know what? I'll maybe say yes to like one a year. But you know what? I'll usually say no. Unless, I'll definitely say no if I can't mention Jesus. Not interested. But I won't do it. And you want to know why? Because this. By saying yes to that, it takes energy and priority away from me doing my job here. And I hope you'll hear me. But I want my best energy and work to be poured into Edinburgh Church. I do. Because I love this church. I don't want other things taking me away from that. That's important to me. Hey, that's an area that I cheat. Just being honest with you guys. So how about you? Where can you cheat? It's okay to cheat. Maybe for some of you, it's, it's housework. Some of you are elbowing your spouse right now, saying you cheat on that one anyways right now. Don't do that, okay? Healthy marriage, remember, okay? Where are you going to cheat? Maybe for some of you, it's yard work, like me. What is that? What is that areas? What are the areas where you can cheat? You had a friend who, who sent me this video. I thought, this is just kind of cool. It's just a different perspective on how our time on earth is so limited. It's called um, Your Time in Jelly Beans. So I want to show you this video. Check this out. These are roughly 28,835 jelly beans. I counted out 500 of them and used those to weigh the rest. In this pile, there's one jelly bean for each day that the average American will live. You might have more beans in your life, or maybe less, but on average, this is the time we have. (coughs) Here's a single bean. It's your very first day. A special day, but kind of a rough day on everyone involved. Add 364 more and you have the first year of your life. Now, for a sense of scale, here are your first 15 years. 5,475 days which brings us to the threshold of adulthood. And at that moment, this is the time that we have left. And this is, on average, what we will do with all that time. We will be asleep for a total of 8,477 days. If we're lucky, some of that time we'll be sleeping next to someone we love. We will be in the process of eating, drinking, or preparing food for 1,635 days. We'll be at work, hopefully doing something satisfying for the equivalent of 3,202 of those days. 1,099 days will be spent commuting or traveling from one place to another. Maybe a little bit more if you live in L.A. On average, we will watch television in one form or another for a total of 2,676 days. Household activities, like chores and tending to our pets and shopping, will take another 1,576 days. And we will care for the needs and well-being of others, our friends and family, for 564 days. 
We'll spend 671 days bathing, grooming, and doing all other bathroom-related activities. And another 720 days will go to community activities like religious and civic duties, charities, and taking classes. After we remove all those beans, this is what remains. This is the time that we have left. Time for laughing, swimming, making art, going on hikes, text messages, reading, checking Facebook, playing softball, maybe even teaching yourself how to play the guitar. So what are you going to do with this time? How much of it do you think you've already used up? If you only had half of it, what would you do differently? What about half of that? How much time have you already spent worrying instead of doing something that you love? What if you just had one more day? What are you going to do today? Interesting perspective, isn't it? Friends, as one of your pastors, as a friend, I want nothing more than for your lives to go well. And being wise with your schedule, planning your time well, is a really big deal. I'm convinced of this. You only have so many beans. Make sure you make each of them count on the things that really matter in life. So action step. So what? Well, here's what I would ask. Would you this week think through what are your values? Maybe you haven't written those down before. Write them down. What is important to you? What is heavenly kingdom-minded? When we think about what Jesus said. Now, maybe for some of you, it's just, it's just one thing. It's just that one thing that you know what it is, and you just know you got to get after it. <laughs> Can I just encourage you? Write it down on your schedule and get after it. Ask God for strength and courage and wisdom, and put it on your schedule and go after it. Go for it. Think through your values and start living and arranging your schedule accordingly. Cool? Cool. Hey, I love you guys. Let me pray for you and then I'll dismiss you. Father God, <laughs> we admit there are times in our lives, and I know there's people here that they're just they're harried, they want to pull their hair out, and they feel like life is just going Mach 10. So Lord, I just I want to pray for that person this morning. I pray that you'd create some margin in their life, that you'd whisper to them and show them you've got something better in store for them. And Lord, for the rest of us trying to grasp and get a handle on the time that we have left, the beans we have left, God, we want to use them well. So Lord, help us to seek kingdom values and priorities, things that are good and honest and noble and right. And Lord, we're going to trust that you're going to take care of everything else, as you promised. So Lord, help us to identify our top values this week and to schedule our lives accordingly. Help us to invite you into that process so that we can leave a mark on this earth before we go home. We pray this, pray this in the strong, strong name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said, amen. Hey, I love you guys. If you, if you need prayer for anything, there'll be people up front willing to pray with you. Have a great week, you guys.